culture of your home is the incubator of character. You are the only mother that your child has. You're the only father that your child has. You're the only person who can be you in their life. And you have a lot to offer. Isn't the goal of parenting not that we have these 42-year-olds who are still coming home on time and cleaning their rooms, but that they actually leave and we have hardwired them for the virtues that we want to see in them? The thing we all have in common is that we are interested in our kids' future. I know the Parent Network exists to help moms and dads in whatever way you can, when you can, and how you can help moms and dads help their children have the future that God's promised them. Well, hello and welcome to the Parent Network Podcast. This is episode 33. My name is Sass. And I'm Marcy. And we are so glad that you are joining us here as we are kind of in, uh, are, are we in, we're not in the middle of summer, but we're headed into summer. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't, sometimes I forget what day it is because we are in full camp prep mode around oh, here yes. right now. Oh yes, for sure. Yeah, This summer we're actually doing four camps. We've got a Treasure Island day camp, which is our elementary school ministry, a overnight camp for Treasure Island. And then a middle school camp and a high school camp. It's kind of crazy. It's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're super excited about all that that's going to happen over the course of uh, the summer here at Port City Community Church in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, but today on our episode, we don't have like a normal guest that we're going to bring in and talk. Um, but we're just going to chat about something that you know is really important to me in one way, to Marcy in a different mm-hmm. way. But we are uh, recording this headed into Father's Day weekend. And so, Marcy, what, what what was like Father's Day? I know you're, you're not the father, but like when you were growing up, what was Father's Day like for you and your family? Well, we did the church thing, you know, um, which is common for to be actually not be a thing really for dads on Father's Day. We see often in the church and in church culture, Mother's Day is a booming day at church. Moms are everywhere. It's very much this culture of we're going to wake up and we're going to go to church together as a family for Mother's Day. But on Father's Day, dad wants to go play golf. Dad wants to go. Yeah. (laughs) Or to the beach and things like that. So it is, it was fun that my dad wanted us to go to church because it was a, a great time. Our grandfather also went to our church, so we got to see him as well and celebrate him. And I always got them matching ties. Oh, wow. Yeah, so good memories. Very cool, very mm-hmm. cool. And now, so what does Father's Day look like for Adam, your husband, in your house now with your kids? Obviously, they're they're littles and they can't go shopping, but but mm-hmm. what does it look like? It's He's really all about food. Oh, so okay. it, that's what it comes down to. As long as we have a good meal, right? What steak are we eating? Excellent. <laughs> um, Excellent. It's always car-related gifts, too. Um, I don't know why that huh. happens that way, but... Interesting. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, it's funny. If I think back to, to Father's Day when I was growing up, it, it, it I don't know that I remember it being a big deal, probably because my dad didn't necessarily make it a big deal. Yeah. I do remember maybe a couple times buying him a tie. Um yeah. That was like a thing in the yeah. 80s, 90s as you got your dad a tie on Father's yeah, Day. Yeah, because they had to like wear ties to work. Yeah, that's true. Thank goodness we don't do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, I know some of us do. Yeah, Adam still does. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> anyway, so what, what we wanted to do is we wanted to kind of, um, fa- fathers, give you guys a, um, a top 10 list. So Marcy, mm-hmm. tell them what we found and what we're going to talk through for a few minutes. Well, this is a great resource for anyone looking. I think it's very easy to get online and find lots of information for moms, lots of information for parents. Yep. But it is more difficult to find things specific to dad. 
Uh, but this website is called All Pro Dad, and yep. it's phenomenal. Yeah, we link a lot of stuff from our resources page, and we go straight to the All Pro Dad site. Yes, it's very good. But we, in talking about this, you know, we had that conversation of what is this podcast going to look like? Oh, we should do dad jokes. Oh, we should do this. We should do that. Um, but we are, you know, very aware that for a long time we have made dads look silly. Yeah. And it's just not the case. I love those YouTube videos where they, it's like a compilation of dads saving their kids from disaster. Oh, uh, that's cool. You know, like the little girl's going down on her bike down mm-hmm. the hill and dad catches her just before she hits a car. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> those are my favorite. Which is a big contrast from like 80s sitcom dads. Yes. Who were all just a buffoon and, you know. Yes. Uh, just everybody wanted to kind of stay away from dad. Absolutely. So yeah. this website is really great because it really lifts up dads and encourages them um, and speaks a lot of wisdom into that role as a parent. Um, But this particular post is, it's a list of the greatest hits of an awesome dad. Hmm. So the point of, you know, as they open up into it is that every dad is so different. So everyone has a different path and walks a different path, but these are probably the most common things that make you a successful or how you can gauge your success as a dad. I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. how I'm doing. So I'm going to question you. Oh gosh. We're going to see Here we go. if you can give me an example. Okay. And, but you have to, which I know you will because you're so good about this. I would love to hear fails. Oh, too. for sure. Okay. Cause yes, All yes, right. I can do that. We only and for those of you who failures. don't, that's true. We only learned through failures. And for those of you who don't know, I have a 13 year old daughter who I'm texting with today, um, an argument with her in some way, shape or form. Um, and a 15-year-old son who just started driving. So uh, I'm, I'm in, in dad world for sure. That's great. I love it. <laughs> I would love to be able to text my kid. I mean, that's where one day we'll be there. And yeah, I will it's, be it's like, fun. hey, go clean your room. Yeah. And, and Kylie, my daughter, <laughs> sends, you know, uh, sentence with all caps and 17 emojis, uh, you know, at, oh. at the end of it. CJ's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like like what he what, what happens in, in real life also happens in text message. That's really funny. It is hilarious. That's really so. funny. All right. So number one on here is real communication. And it's um, talking is the most valuable tool in a father's belt. So serious, funny, or totally random, every conversation with your child is invaluable to you as a parent. So do you feel like at this point you are ki- your communication with your kids is really good? What did you do in the past to get it there? Or are you guys struggling because now you're in the middle school phase? Well, yeah, I think what I found is is communication, um, like you have to just be available for it. So, for instance, you know, our, our son, who is not you know, often a big talker, sometimes I just have to sit in the room with him or, you know, when we're in the car, I just have to be patient and it's not a matter of there are a whole lot of words that are going back and forth, mm. but it's just sort of the presence is, mm. I think, a part of the communication. Um, and then, you know, with our daughter, you just have to know, you know, in, in navigating the middle school girl phase, mm-hmm. you just have to know kind of when to communicate and when yeah. not to. But yeah, I totally believe that communication is absolutely a key. And I do see, I think a lot of dads who, when it gets hard, to, to communicate with their kids, they sort of back off a little yes. bit and try to give them yeah. some space. And I think I've always had the opposite um, mindset is I'm going to lean in and I'm going to try to communicate more. I literally, the other night, our son was in his room. He was reading. He kind of didn't want to talk. I went and laid on his bed mm-hmm. and we, we talked for like a few minutes. Then he left the room <laughs> <laughs> to go to our room to lay on our bed to read. That's and I was funny. like, uh, okay. So, so I tried and I'm going to uh-huh. keep trying. Yeah. And so that, that was kind of a, an attempt and a fail. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but you have to kind of keep leaning in. So do you, when you have those moments or when something is going on in their life and you want them to talk to you about it, I've noticed that we do this with our kids, well, with our five and a half year old more than our three year old, but we'll look at her and we'll say, hey, whenever you're ready to talk, we're here. Yes. But then there, it's hard to know the difference between saying, hey, I'm available to you and hey, we have to oh, yeah. talk about oh, this. Oh, no, no. We, we definitely will give um, our daughter some space because mm-hmm. she needs it in the midst of conflict. But what what she her strategy is I need I need a minute, mm. which she means let's never talk about this again. Oh oh okay. That's what she means. <laughs> okay. So we have to push through, mm-hmm. and we have to like again recently, you know something was going on. We had an issue. Uh, we needed to talk about it, but mm-hmm. she wanted to go to this ice cream thing with her small group. Mm. Okay, honey, we're not getting in the car until we have this conversation. Oh man, that's good. So hard because I wanted her to go be with yeah. those people. Right. Exactly right. I didn't want her to be late, mm-hmm. um, but I kind of forced her into at least having part of the conversation. We didn't mm-hmm. have all of it, mm-hmm. um, but but yeah, I mean, you definitely have to give them some space, but you have to f- make sure you follow up. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's good. So. I like that. Well, this one doesn't apply to everyone, and we recognize that, um, but hopefully you'll get some ideas for relationships. But number two is respect and love your wife. So the most important thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother. I think in a lot of ways that does apply to everyone. Yeah, yeah married sure. Married or not. But what are some ways that you show an example of what it's like to love your wife in front of your kids? I think one of the main ways in, in, in as we discipline together is being on the same page and making sure that I don't, at least not intentionally, I don't ever do anything that undermines you know, what Karin's trying to do or her leadership in any way, shape, or form. So just respect mm-hmm. um, her authority. I think um, p- part of that, too, is respecting the time that Karn and I kind of need together. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we have had moments where we'll say, okay, I, I know it's only 930, but we're going to watch a show just the two of us. Right. So you guys go to your rooms and get ready for bed. Yep. And and as our kids have gotten older, that's gotten more difficult because th- they want to spend time with us. They are staying up later. We are kind of doing more family things, but I mm-hmm. think, you know, respecting the time that we need together and mm-hmm. respecting her kind of in her discipline and her authority mm-hmm. are super important. And, and and I'm always trying to talk her up in front of them. Oh, that's like right. one of the things that I started doing, I think it was unintentional years ago, but it's gotten to be a pattern. And now I'm seeing the kids emulate it is every night if Karin makes dinner, when we sit down, the first thing I will say is, thanks for making dinner, honey. Mm-hmm. And and it's 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 not you know it's not road it's not you know fake it's real I'm, yeah. I, I appreciate it, <clears throat> but now there are times where one of the kids will beat me to it. Oh, that's great! Thanks for making dinner, mom. Yeah. And so that's kind of another way I think just to respect the work that she does. I love that. You know, at times. So. I love that. I um, super appreciate it when Adam when we're having an issue that we needs to be resolved, and Adam will say, "All right." We've talked about this. Now I need to go talk to your mom so we can make a plan for what's That's next. That's good. That's real good. Because it it's, takes away some of that, like, just wait till your dad gets home because he, our point is we're doing this together. So it's not one parent versus the other when it comes to discipline. But it also teaches our kids that I'm to be respected yeah, too. Yeah, that's right. I love it. Yeah, that's good. But very well said all the time and all that. Okay, so number three is the bedtime story. Um, every time you read to your child, it's an intimate and special moment. They have your full attention, and that's the thing that the, they crave the most. So 
this also discusses some parts of like it's important to be silly with your kids um it's important for you to do all those things because it builds trust and makes your child feel secure so your kids are probably too old do you read to them anymore no we're not doing the bedtime stories anymore yeah. they'll read to themselves quite mm-hmm. a bit which is really cool um and i don't know that i was ever kind of the, a big i'm gonna gonna read to you before you go to bed i know mm-hmm. karen did that some um, but but we did encourage our kids just to read on their own, mm-hmm. and they they definitely have picked up on that and do that yeah. well. But I will say they kind of be silly with your kids. Yes, totally agree with that. Yes, totally agree that you know you have to sort of uh, lower the temperature a little bit mm-hmm. around being a parent. I do think oftentimes our parenting gets very sort of um, kind of exchange oriented and practical, you know, because I need them to to sort of do this and be there and get ready. And it's almost mechanical. Right. So you got to step out of that and have moments where you're just, fun. as a dad, fun, yeah. goofy, yeah, you know, kind of surprising. Well, and eventually that's what your relationship with them will look like. That's right. When they're older, you you're it. not going to be mechanical. It's, that's right. They're going to need to know they can have fun with you and, yeah. and lean on you as a friend. Yeah. Like our son the other day was in our bedroom and we, he was getting ready to leave. And I literally just tackled him. <laughs> he didn't see it coming. Just tackled him on the bed. And we laughed oh, for a minute and that was fun. So I, I totally agree with memories. that. Yeah. That's great. I love that. All right. So the number four is the guard dog. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) just like that. You this is essentially talking about a dad will always be there to protect their kids no matter what. So this is one of the things that a successful dad does. Um, And then not in a physical way, but obviously there's been times where you have had to protect your kids. What does that look like? I think I might have a different take on that one. Oh, tell me. Well, I think one of the difficulties that our kids are having growing up nowadays is parents who protect them too much. Mm. And so, of course, if there's ever any kind of real danger or anything like that, I would protect my kids. But but I, I think of it kind of more from the emotional standpoint is, is they have to learn how to protect themselves. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the more that I step in to try to protect them... Um, the more I'm kind of enabling them to, mm-hmm. to not learn how to do it. So mm-hmm. I, I, I would say maybe mm-hmm. I like need to be the guard bit. dog. Yeah, I mean, maybe. yeah, of course there's times when I will, yeah. but, but, um, but for the most part, I'm, I want them to learn that themselves. I like that. I, that is one thing that has always made me laugh. When you watch a mom and a dad on a playground, you have mom is watching son on monkey bars and she's like, oh no, oh no, why are you letting him do this? Why are you letting him do this? And dad's just kind of standing there, his arms are crossed, ready to catch, but he wants his son to learn how to do the monkey bars. Mom's worried that it's too dangerous or he's not ready yet. And I think that plays into the guard dog idea too. Yeah, I would agree. We're experiencing that right now with our son driving. Mm-hmm. He's got his permit and I'm pretty low key about it. And, and you know, as I'm in the car with him, I, I'm not, saying something to him every moment about mm-hmm. turn here and do that and okay that was good and this is bad if he if something egregious happens and he needs me to correct him i will but for the most part he's got to figure it out karn's a little bit of the opposite <laughs> <laughs> uh and I'll, I'll leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> all right number five is friends and it's really a conversation about several things one that dad is in- encouraging and helping their children learn how to make friends keep relationships um, but dad is also aware of who friends are and has a relationship with the friends as well so the last line of this is make the effort to know them as well as their parents your child's friends should be diverse and inspiring absolutely yes on all of the above uh, one of the things that I started saying years ago in student ministry 
to people is that um, your friends will determine the quality and direction of your life. Mm -hmm. Andy Stanley said that years ago at North Point. Um, I say it all the time to especially to middle and high school kids. It's so true. And as a parent, I absolutely want to know who my kids' friends are, who their parents are. Um, we, we have had a couple of situations even recently where um, with one of our kids, uh, they're kind of in a little bit of a different crowd. And, and it's funny, like some of the things that our child has sort of for years been, oh, no, never, not me, no, no. You just sort of see the door starting to open a little bit because of the people that she's around. Oh, oh dang, I just let it go, didn't I? I was trying to be generic there and not say which <laughs> child it was. Dang it. Um, and it's not bad yeah. and it's not, you know, anything terrible, but but there's just a subtle shift mm. and we don't really know these 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 girls parents mm -hmm. and so you know Karin has um, met one of the parents of I do know one of the other ones and so we're kind of trying to get to know them mm -hmm. um, they don't necessarily go to church they don't necessarily have the same values that we do but that's okay I mm -hmm. mean it's not a game changer uh, but I do want to keep an eye on it yeah and, and we, we have those kids over at our mm -hmm. house quite often mm -hmm. To just sort of, you know, get to know them more. I had dinner with yeah. a couple of them last night, which was fun to kind of get to know them. I did say yeah. to one of the girls, okay, tell me four things I don't know about you. And, like, she spouted off and we talked. It was really kind of cool. So, yeah, so I'm going to do everything yeah. I can to, to get to know the, the friends and parents that I can. Yeah, I think it's – I we find more often than not when working with middle school specifically, those parents, the more that connected they are with the other parents, the more they know what's going on. And that makes it easier for parents to figure out what they really need to know or step into and what they can walk right. away from. You got it. So. Yeah. And I would say it's easier than ever today to stay connected with those other parents. Mm -hmm. If you yes. really want to, if you build that relationship, if yes. you get their number, if you text, if you, you know, mm -hmm. used to be had to kind of know their home phone number and where do they live and, you know, all, all that's obviously yeah. out the window. Absolutely. So. Completely agree. All right. Number six is discipline. Just wait until your father comes home, which is something I said earlier. But what child hasn't heard that at some point? Um, but it's it's not pretty. And it's certainly not easy. So there has to be some sort of balance as a dad. You can't be the bearer of bad news always. So how have you processed that? But then also, how have your kids learned to experience not to test you? Well, the first part of that, I would say, I don't, I don't think Karin has probably ever used that phrase. Wait until your dad gets home. Mm. And, and I, I think part of it is because um, it's not that she feels the weight of having to do the discipline, but I think she kind of, mm -hmm. she knows that, that it's a team effort. Yes. And so when she's there in the moment, she has to do it. And when I'm there in the moment, mm -hmm. I have to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I feel like we're on a, on a, in a good team kind of mentality there. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I definitely get tested quite often. Yeah. How do you respond to that? I have to take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. And and I've started to use my daughter's tactic. Mm -hmm. Okay, honey, you say you need space. Mm -hmm. So do I. Mm -hmm. Because what I know I will do is I will take something away that I wish I didn't. I will, like, in the moment, do I will say. Do you have a time where you've done that? Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, where, where I have said, okay, if you do that again, you're not doing the thing. And they did it again, and I and then you had to stick have to it. take the yeah. thing away, even though I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Dang it! Why did I say that?" Mm -hmm. And so that's part of my strategy now is to to not try to um, say the the punishment mm -hmm. or whatever the thing is. I got to think about that. 
and I got to back up a little bit mm -hmm. and I got to talk to Karin sometimes about that. Mm -hmm. And so, oh yeah, I, I certainly get tested, but my strategy now is to just say, okay, I need some space. Right. Yeah. Kind of like what you were saying, Adam yeah. does with you. Okay. Mom and I got to go talk about yeah. this to figure out what we're going to do about this. So same thing. It also helps when I think we're all so prone to rise to anger. Yeah. And who was it that came in and talked about, you don't rise with your kids. Yeah, I think that was Pat Nolan. About, I think it was mm -hmm. Pat Nolan. It was. Don't rise when they rise, but that's good. You yeah. Take a step back. Yep. All right. So number seven is the good humor man. Again, dad jokes. Um, a great dad has fun with the ki with his kids. They joke, they laugh, they play, and they hug. So you don't need to be a world class comedian, but it's still fun for your dad to. Do it. We talked a bit, a little bit yeah. about this before. Yeah. Um, but you guys do a lot in your family. That's just extra fun. I don't know how you find the time to do all that you do already, plus all the fun stuff. But do you plan that, or is that kind of like a family decision? It's usually me, mm -hmm. quite honestly. I'm kind of the cruise director, uh, and Karn has, has willingly kind of given me that mantle. Um, and so I, I enjoy it, and, and, and it's probably half um, kind of spur of the moment, half mm -hmm. kind of well-planned. Mm -hmm. um, but the one thing I'll say that you mentioned in there that, that I have been um, pretty relentless on for years is the hug part. Mm -hmm. And I started this very early, um, honestly, with our daughter, who when she was born, maybe her first couple years, uh, she was, I mean, I, I don't mind saying it, she was kind of cold and, and, and not very, um, didn't, didn't kind of want a lot of kind of close cuddle time with anybody. Mm -hmm. And I just said, the heck with that. <laughs> Yeah. Right. You know, I'm, I'm going after that. Mm -hmm. And so ever since they've been born, I'm, I'm a hugger and yeah. have been a hugger with my kids and they know that. Yeah. And so um, I'm pretty relentless on that still, even in their teenage years. That's great. And the cool thing is, 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 you know, differently in different seasons. But for the most part, they respond. Mm -hmm. um, one responds better than the other. But, you know, they, they know that that's important for me. That's I love that. Yeah. That is fantastic. And that's always going to be true for me. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. All right, so the educator is number eight. Class is in session, and you are the professor. Um, life has many lessons, so really the point of this is talking about how dads often, like successful dads, are often the ones that receive the requests for advice. And so you share your wisdom early and often with your children. How has that response been with teenagers and how do you process that yeah i think this is one i might have a little bit of a different slant on too because okay. i think quite often not just dads but we as parents we take the role as teacher all the time Ooh, true and so at some point it kind of becomes white noise mm -hmm. for our kids especially when they get into their teenage years mm -hmm. and so i think and, and this kind of plays out in what i described earlier about cj driving is i don't always feel like I have to impart wisdom and I don't feel like I have to always kind of be in a teaching moment if you will mm. and part of it goes to you know one of our values here at our church is discovery yeah to where people own something when they discover it mm -hmm. as opposed to when they're told it Ooh, I like and that. so for my kids I want for them to discover things that I might prod them towards mm -hmm. in a way um, actually I had a great conversation with my son last night where I know what I wanted to impart to him but I knew if I just said it it would be I know dad right so I had to kind of lead him there in a conversation and by asking some questions mm -hmm. and so I think if we can get into his parents more kind of be the inquisitor mm -hmm. 
and be the one to lead them to a yeah. discovery and a teaching moment instead of always having to be the one with the wisdom and teaching, mm-hmm. I think it's more effective. Okay, so a tangible way to actually implement that, I would love for you to share what you guys are doing at dinner right now. Where Yeah, um, and this is, it's not like every night, yeah. and it's been only a couple of, I'd say, maybe a month or so, but kind of a new question. Like we've always kind of, as, as we've grown up in different seasons, had you know, questions that we would ask at the table. It was high, low, I don't know. You have to tell everybody what's your high, what's your low. What's one thing you did today that nobody knows about? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we had like one of the, the jars where you pull out specific questions for a while. The most recent iteration of that is um, where everybody at the table gets to ask this question. Um, it's what do you think about and then you get to fill in the blank. So what do you think about, you know, the earth being flat? Yeah. Right? Or what do you think about uh, college basketball? Whatever you want to ask about. Um, and some nights it, you get like into some deep conversations. Mm-hmm. Like the, one of the first nights we did it, um, our high school son said, what do you think about the wall? Mm. Obviously he's here in political conversation you know, at school mm-hmm. or somewhere, because we don't talk about all that stuff right. at home and we don't have any news channels rolling. Mm-hmm. So he's not hearing it kind of with us, mm-hmm. but obviously he's heard it somewhere. So he can, well, what do you think about the wall? And we had, uh, and this was actually a night where Karn was out. So it's just me and the kids. Mm-hmm. And we had at least a 45 minute conversation mm-hmm. about immigration. That's crazy. It was awesome. That's so cool. And so, um, so that's just kind of a good practical tool is just ask the question, what do you think about? And then let, let not, your kids figure out what they want to ask about. Right. But you're not running it as if you are Google and no. answering it. You're just saying, hey, this is my opinion. Hey, right. What do we think? What do you yeah. think? What do you think? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's been fun. We got to do it more often. Glad you reminded me. That was a good one. All right. Number nine, spiritual leader. A wise father recognizes that God is in control. Worship is a cornerstone in the life of a successful family. I think we have for years believed that dad being the spiritual leader meant that you were going to do devotionals with your kids and your wife in the morning and you would pray and you know but it doesn't in reality look like that and i see you as being a very great spiritual leader for your kids as their father so how do you do that i think um First of all, I've definitely have not been the dad who <laughs> leads family devotions and you know prays with everybody and all that. I've never, ever done that. I, I do probably have a bit of pastor dad guilt that I don't in some ways. Um, but I, I think I don't remember who, who it might have been. Chef, when he was here, said, um, "Be the adult you want your kids to become." Mm-hmm. And in the spiritual leadership realm, I think that's what I've tried to do. I've tried to kind of just model what it means you know, every day to follow Jesus Mm -hmm. and the way you treat people and the way I honor my wife and the way I love them unconditionally. And a lot of that, because I do think, I I do think as parents, we might get into this pattern to where, you know, when our kids are younger, there are parts of us that we can kind of hide from them because they're not paying attention and they're not, they don't really get, you know, what are, you know, what are mom and dad drinking tonight? Cause they don't really pay attention to that. Or, or right. what's the language that they're using when I'm not here, the older your kids get, the more they're watching mm-hmm. and the more they kind of intuitively mm-hmm. <laughs> know who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, the primary, I think spiritual leadership has, has been to try to model mm-hmm. what it means for me to follow Christ yeah. in my everyday life. And of course, 
surround them with people at church mm-hmm. and family who are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it, for me, it's not been the traditional, get out your Bibles tonight and let's go through this devotion. It's I'm encouraging them to do that. Being an example. I, that's what I think so. it's yeah. modeling. I love that. In some ways. Yeah, I have found I've caught Adam doing things that I don't have a lot of memories of him doing in the past. And when I've asked him about, like, you know, why did you just give him that or do this? He'll say, because I want my kids to see me doing it. Yeah, right. And it's funny because he's also the same man that would, if I posted something about how generous he was or how great it was that he did this for this person, he'd be mortified. Yeah, right. Because he did not do it for the attention. But at the same time, he's like, hey, kids, watch this. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And Makes it, total it's sense. totally different yeah. than, you know, bragging That's about right. it. He's setting an example. Yep. So it's a very good point. Yeah. Number 10. Last is one. The example. It is the last one. My father didn't tell me how to live. He lived and let me watch him do it. Yeah. <laughs> so very yeah. similar to what we just talked about. So we kind of just wrapped all that yeah. up. But that was great. So again, that's from All Pro Dad. Yeah. Go look, go read that. It's good. It's very good. Sass, thank you for speaking into some of yes, that. Yes, Marcy. Thanks for letting me do that. That was fun. Yeah. And so we hope everybody's going to have just a fantastic summer. And don't forget to kind of follow us on Instagram and Twitter and uh, on our Facebook page. And keep going to our resource page to kind of know what uh, or to, to find some great resources there that we link to and some things that we kind of create ourselves. So Marcy, yes. anything else you want to say to folks for the summer? Yeah, I would just say if you are struggling as a parent, if you are listening to this podcast and going, man, that does not apply to me or you think it doesn't apply to you, email us at port, parents at portcitychurch.org. We'd love to sit down with you. We'd love to talk with you, pray with you and help you navigate the life that is parenting. Yeah. And if you have ideas of either people for us to talk to or topics for us to cover on the podcast, do the same thing. Email us and let us know. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Parent Network Podcast. We look forward to seeing you again. Bye.